Hello, and welcome to Carefully Taught, teaching musical theater with Maddie and Kika. A podcast to discuss musical theater pedagogy and to create a community of sharing amongst musical theater educators. Feel free to email us at carefullytaughtpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at carefullytaughtpodcast. Vacation! Yes! Oh my gosh, we're here. <laughs> we're here. End of the second semester. This is episode 22. Did you know that? 22? I, I knew we were up there, but I was... I That feels like so many. It feels like so many, but it also feels like we've done... Uh, a lot yeah um so you just did a trip i you would you are you relaxed are you refreshed oh it's a whole new me you know <laughs> um it truly is it really is good i left i left the computer at home um derek and i went to um a wedding in new hampshire uh we went and did boston pride and then went to p-town for a whole week amazing um and it was, we'd never been, and it was amazing. Just, like, literally food, the beach, a drag queen. Your favorite things. Some shopping. I mean, literally, that's what, all we did. That is what we did. <laughs> did they do Pride well in Boston? They do. You know, um, they're similar to, to Philadelphia in that, you know, in the 2020 Reckoning era, um groups of organizers were disbanded and like and so it's it's this is the year that they're starting to kind of bring it back together it's the same thing with philadelphia i think they um are trying and they're they're doing a good job and just starting to get all of these activities back together this is true for everything right in the world Mm -hmm. but yeah um you can really kind of feel it like oh this might be a little less people than i've seen at an event like this or you know um but yeah super fun it was great and what about you i know you you just got back from something so tell us about that and then tell us where you're going tomorrow yeah yeah so uh my family and i we we got to spend a couple of days up in lake tahoe which um chico gets really hot so tahoe's up you know, it's up in the mountains a little bit, right on the border of California and Nevada. And so it gave us the opportunity to have a little bit cooler weather. Hasn't gotten crazy, crazy hot yet in in Chico. Um, but, uh, you know, my kids are at an age where if we go on a trip, it just kind of depends on whether or not the hotel has a pool as to whether or not we have fun. Um, and we so we spent a lot of time in the pool uh, and... Uh, and enjoyed, enjoyed the nice weather. And then, yeah, tomorrow, my big trip. I've been planning this for a long time. There have been a couple of snafus i got to tell you about. Um, but uh, I'm going to spend a whole week in New York. I'm seeing everything I can possibly cram into the one trip because uh, I, I just don't get to go to New York very often because California is so far away. Um, and I'm going solo. Uh, Coolidge, our friend from the podcast, friend of the podcast, is going to meet me there for a few of the days. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to, I'm going to see everything I can, including a Yankee game. Um, but I got an email yesterday that, so I, I, ha- we had the creators of Between the Lines on our podcast. One of the shows I was really excited to see, M really excited to see. And I got an email yesterday that the performance that I have tickets for, which is the Wednesday was the Wednesday matinee was canceled because they've had a COVID outbreak. Um, so... 
I spent the morning trying to get tickets to a different uh, performance and then move some things around. And the thing is, is I'm a planner. So I like I had everything planned. All of my tickets are bought. You know, Coolidge is like, oh, I'll just see what's on the TKTS board. But I'm like, I have everything planned to it to 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 the second. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm I've I've already gotten a, a ticket for a different day. But I'm double booked, so I need to figure out what to do with the other show that I had bought. But Between the Lines was one of the things I was really excited to go and see. So I wasn't going to not see it. Right. Um, but right now I'm scheduled to see Strange Loop, uh, Between the Lines. I'm going to see Mr. Saturday Night because uh, I've, I've got a good old dear friend in it. Um, I've got, I, uh, I'm going to see Moulin Rouge uh, 6. Hades Town, um, and I was gonna see the Bedwetter, but it looks like that's the one that's gonna get the axe as I have to move between the lines to a different slot. So they may see one or two other things because I've got a little time. Uh, still, I, I might go see the Sunday night performance of Beetlejuice because I haven't seen that. Um, company is a maybe for the one slot that I'm unbooked right now, but. We'll see. That is amazing. I mean, that is sounds like an awesome trip. Yeah. Broadway week. Broadway, Broadway week. <laughs> Broadway week. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's uh, so we'll see. And, and again, it's been, golly Moses, it's been the last time I went to New York, Dear Evan Hansen was new. So, you know, that was the trip I saw Dear Evan Hansen um, and that that class, that class right. of shows. Um so that feels like twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. I mean, I, this is me guessing. Yeah, it was that MTEA conference that we oh. did in New York, like two conferences ago. Right. Two right, MTEA right, right. New York trips ago. So, um, yeah, and then I'll be back in January. So I don't know why I'm trying to be so ambitious, but there was just so many things I hadn't seen and I wanted to see. And yeah. Um, so really, it's funny to that. because we've talked about this at one point where like a vacation for me would be to go see shows, right? Like Derek and I earlier this year went to DC just to see Strange Loop and the Britney Spears musical. And people were like, it's your break. Like what, this is like the last thing you would want to do. And I was like, no, this is like, to me, this is the vacation. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, I certainly thought about it when I was in Boston. I was like, could I see um 1776 can i see like how far is um the new neil diamond musical and they <laughs> were not opened yet but you know i it's part of part of the deal yeah and yeah. it is it is fun i think it's important to do a trip like you just did where you don't see theater but you know we we got into this business and went into teaching this this business because we like it because it's fun yeah. so you know um I haven't done a trip like this in a really since my kids were born, um, and the kids and Jamie are staying home, and I am just going to see everything I possibly can, and I'll Amazing. give you a full report afterwards. I love it, and I'm sure we will because um, we can follow you on TikTok. And <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. I know we're getting updates. I know we're going to get uh, <laughs> off to the theater montage and totally. <laughs> uh, post show. Here's what I think about this. So. I was making a TikTok yesterday, and I just was like, why am I doing this to myself? Do I really need more little projects? Because I, I don't. 
but I don't know. I just I can't I can't stop. No, can't. it's fun. It's so fun. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Um, so you know, for those that are listening that have made it this far, um, <laughs> we we are so excited because to, this is our last episode for what we've been calling semester two. So. We um, will be taking a break over the summer, and then uh, we actually might record some uh, episodes to drop in the fall, Um, but really this is just an opportunity for us to uh, take a breather, for us to go to New York and to to do things. Um, So we just thought it would be a good idea for the two of us to get on and, and to sort of chat about our guests this semester. Yeah, I was driving in, because uh, I'm recording this from school, and I was, dri- I was driving in, and I was just reflecting on on the semester and it's kind of amazing the group of people that we were able to talk to um i mean creators of new off-broadway shows and tony award winners and uh leading college uh, audition coaches and uh, the founder of onstage blog one of the most popular theater websites in the country like i can't i can't believe the incredible lineup that we had. I don't know how, where we go from here. Maybe we should retire. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it is <laughs> there is there is something to because this is also something that I feel like I know it's feels like a little project, um, but it's something that I really enjoy. It feels like the kind of I get an opportunity to spend time with you. And also to just connect with people from various facets of our industry and of academia. And I learn so much from it and from each episode. And then I kind of think about it and reflect on it and kind of build. So to me, it sort of satisfies all these weird little aspects where, um, you know, I like having conversation and I like thinking of this as as a service to, to our listeners and an opportunity for me to just um, be the um, nerd alert that mm-hmm. I love to be, to be the student and to be the sponge for the different um, things. So yeah, just a little perspective. Yeah, I that. totally agree. I mean, you know, I'm a big, uh, I've talked about it a lot in this podcast already, but I'm a big believer in the growth mindset and how we're constantly evolving and learning. And, and the, the second that we get stagnant, you know, we we start to get worse at whatever it is that we're doing. And this, uh, this ongoing conversation that we've been having for 22 episodes now at this podcast is such a great opportunity to just you know, whether it's, you know, for us, it's obviously we do it twice. Well, sometimes three times when we're the editor. But like, you know, we have the conversation, we edit the conversation, and then we listen to the conversation afterwards. And it's just such a wonderful opportunity to just carve out a little time and have a fun dialogue that we learn from. Uh, so I'm, I agree. I, I, I'm very grateful for this opportunity. And, and uh, I hope our listeners are getting as much out of it as we are. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, it's, uh, I've described it because I say, oh, yeah, just I have a recording a podcast or, you know, and it feels like everyone has a podcast these days. But, <laughs> um, but ours is so niche, but the people who are, who are interested are like really interested, are like totally double down. I mean, I have a couple students who are like, we loved last week's episode, right? Like they are so into it. And then people who just have no idea what, what it is we do. <laughs> um, but it's good. Let's 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 kind of get this 
started and we'll start from the top of this season we had an amazing first semester incredible um so amazing so please if you're listening go back and and re-listen to those um but the first person that we had on this semester was marty austin lamar yeah marty's amazing yeah he's amazing yeah so amazing yeah so calm and like i just the thought of that voice sort of (laughs) saying you know he's so 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 great um, yeah, any thoughts or takeaways? Well, from the that thing chat? that I love about Marty is um, there seems to be like this this competing. Nah, it's not I, competing. It's not this this juggling act between the way that we've always done things and the people that we've always studied, and then the other the other side is blowing it all up and and like reimagining everything and doing everything new. And Marty's incredible because he's like one of the most progressive, exciting, forward-thinking people uh, in our industry, teaching what we teach. But at the same time, he's like, yeah, there's a reason why we study Stanislavski. There's a reason why we study Uta Hagen. Um, He called Uta Hagen his auntie, (laughs) you know, because of how powerful she was in his life. And I I just love how he is um, able to sort of thread that needle in, like, taking the things from what we've done and how we've done it uh, and, and, and giving that the respect that it deserves while, you know, l- doing everything through an inclusive and progressive lens. I don't know. What, what, what were your takeaways from Marty? Oh, my gosh. You know, he, he is, was in that transition and still maybe is from going from East Coast, you know, Howard to, to West Coast. And um, it, that resonates with me this idea of like picking up and like bringing everything you have with you to the next um job or the next situation um i i just was so inspired by him and um everything that he's doing all the work that he's doing from beginning to end and then on top of it really being so student focused and student centered um and the students that are right in front of him, right? Um, I, I, I really took that away with me from that from mm-hmm. that conversation, and, and then, look forward to keeping in touch with him. I mean, it we're sounding like these people are like gone. It's like no, no, no. We just this is just the beginning of of a relationship with the podcast and with us as yeah. as educators. I, te- I texted Marty last week and asked him a question about how Fullerton does a certain thing in uh, the audition process. Um, yeah, I mean, again, then that's the cr- creating the community of sharing amongst musical theater educators. That is, you know, that's part of who we are. So like episode 15, the next one was your old friend, uh, Aaron, um, who, you know, talked to us about uh, the, the documentary that, the ensemble documentary that that he made, which was incredible. I can't. I haven't used it in class yet because the class that I want to integrate it into, I don't teach into the fall. But that was an incredible conversation. I mean, you've known him for years. Yeah. What what, uh, what were your takeaways from that conversation? You know, it's a sort of takeaway from our friendship. I mean, he is so incredibly successful at and like you know when people say like define someone with like Broadway success it's like who I would think of the first thing um especially coming from the theater that we grew up in and then just sort of watching that watching how all of those seeds planted become something else I I think the uh documentary called Ensemble is um such 
a landmark kind of example of what people in this industry, which, you know, the, the theater business um, had to do when COVID came and pushed pause, right? So not only let this conversation serve as an opportunity to go and watch the documentary, but also to just think about all of these jobs that were paused and how that affects uh, especially those that are in the ensemble of a Broadway show or, you know, it's sort of, are we all in this ensemble? Um, uh, talking about all of the things that they probably couldn't speak about until this moment. Um, and then fast forward to just watching the Tonys a few weeks ago or a week ago. Um, wow, time goes by fast. Uh, and seeing how much, how, how far we have come, um, seeing the nominations, um, hearing Ariana DeBose, who was an amazing host, um, just talk about um, the diversity and the resilience and, you know, all of the things that go into the, to putting these shows together. Um, I, I think it's, a, it's, it's like an interesting um, time capsule you know, watching that piece and sort of understanding when it was recorded and who the folks, uh, often nameless, um, are that are featured in the documentary. Mm -hmm. My big takeaway from that conversation, you know, Aaron uh, is an incredibly successful uh, performer, but the way that he has... I mean, he's a bit of an entrepreneur, right? And, and he's, he's, he's had his own podcast. He's, you know, now producing these big, big things like the film. And, and the, I think he talked about a, a reunion concert that he was working on. And um, to me, I think that that is such an important and good lesson that as musical theater educators, uh, we should be looking for ways to inspire our students to not, quote, just be performers. Mm -hmm. um, because even the most successful people that have a bazillion Broadway credits, they do other things. Right. Um, I look back at my musical theater training, and we were trained to do one thing. Um, and I, I, I'm really excited. I haven't figured this out yet, but I'm, I'm really excited to figure out ways to integrate some of those kinds of things into my uh, the education that I am providing to my students as yeah. to you know what what are the other things that you want to do that inspire you that you can that you can do in addition to you know singing dancing and acting that was my yes. big takeaway yes um, and I think we we may have jumped over this one because I think episode three oh, yeah, you're of right. the semester was Chris <laughs> Peterson. But I'm glad we did this because it's, you know, um, but it's, you're right, in my mind, we're sort of going back and thinking about uh, the different episodes. Uh, but Chris Peterson was the onstage, is the onstage blog founder and editor-in-chief. Um, and I loved that we had an opportunity to talk about him and talked to him. You know, at that point, we had only spoken to... Um, educators and you know kind of other artists and 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 uh the great thing about that blog is that it is a reflection of the art that is being made and sort of stands right in the middle of um of the industry and the audience the audience including our own students so here is a truth teller here is a uh community connector and um I just was completely 
uh, enamored with Chris's whole thing, the ability yeah. to, to kind of narrow it down to, to, to see something happening in the industry and to like point right to it and say, we need to focus on this or we need to talk about this. Yeah, thank you for catching that. That's that was my fault. I'm the one that jumped over Chris, but um, I don't know how I could because it was incredible. It was so great. I, you know, the thing that I think when I think of that conversation, I, I think about how he talked about wanting on stage blog to be like an empty space or a stage that others could use as w for their voices as well as him. And I know that I have written some articles for, for him in the past, but I think, you know, as our listeners are, are you know, thinking about things they want to do to contribute to the greater conversation about musical theater and musical theater uh, education, it seems to me like that was an offering from Chris to potentially publish with him. If you're looking for a microphone, he's saying, use my microphone. That's why I created it. And I think that that's really cool. Yeah, he's, he's great. Um, and you start thinking, you know, it sort of happens in the opposite way where something pops up in the news. And my first thought is, oh, I'm, I can't wait to see what onstage blog has <laughs> totally. to say about it. I'm like, oh, this, this is kind of juicy fodder for, um, a conversation. Yeah. Uh, and then up next was a conversation with the college audition coaches, uh, Drew Boudreau from uh, at college or at Call Audition Pro, uh, Laura Enstall at Audition Well, and Leo Ash Evans at Musical Theater College Auditions. Yeah, how cool was that? Um, it was the first time that we had like a group, <laughs> which we we juggled a little bit. But my big takeaway from that was because I I have often or occasionally been a little skeptical of the college audition um, industry. Um, I, I don't have a huge, I have never had a huge chip on my shoulder about them, but I have been weary and, like I said, skeptical is the best word that I can think of. But the thing that really I, I appreciated was how they all, they talked about the, their goal is to guide people through this very, very stressful process in a, a, a loving and supportive way, and then to serve as a matchmaker for them and the college or university program that is best for the student. And I thought that was admirable and exciting. Well, I, don't, I don't know, what was your takeaway from that conversation? Yeah, no, I, I had no idea what that was going to be um and and only because you know i think you and drew are close you're friends with We're all buddies. of them so yeah, yeah. yeah so for me though it was like a oh brand new faces let's kind of talk this out um and i do i love that it wasn't anything that i anticipated you know the conversations about the smaller programs or the conversations about once again serving um the student to get through the process. I just found all of that to be um, enlightening. And and I, from that conversation, thought, oh, I, I would love to find a way to deepen a partnership with the college coaches just to say, um, hey, here's what our school is, but you know, here are some things that you might not know about our school that is not on the front cover, and here is, you know, here's an interesting thing about a recent alum or, you know, I just, it feels like um, I always think student and then like the student just magically comes to the school. And it's, <laughs> that whole process is so much more than that. 
Um, and I have seen a lot of it from the audition side, from the second that they walk in to um, audition for our school. Um, and I, I have not quite thought about what that part is that happens before when you are a junior, when you are a senior, just doing the research. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if there is a time, um, this is this is hard and this is bold and this is maybe a little out there, but that we as university professors aren't just saying, here's who we are, but also when we meet students, hey, have you looked into this program? Because it actually might be a better fit for you. And to, and to, to have the humility and the open-heartedness to help match make the students the way that the audition coaches are striving to i don't know if we can get there but that's oh, absolutely this is that this is that um santa claus macy's model <laughs> right like there are things that are better for other people and especially getting to know um getting to know you getting to know other people through musical theater educators alliance i'm like this might oh you're interested in going to a school in new york and and right. you're looking for something smaller, not bigger. You're looking for more, you know, it's, I totally, I, I, I would not call myself an audition coach in any way, but I totally would recommend going to train with dot, 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 right? Yep. Like it, it would make no sense. Um, it, it is also sort of that hard line that happens when folks come to audition for us. And we unfortunately have to say, you need to go on the wait list or maybe not this time. Um, sometimes that conversation can also include, um, and here are maybe some other schools that you, that you should consider. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so then up next, we had a conversation with Caitlin Hopkins. I didn't skip one again, right? No, nope, right. uh, that was one that I actually went back and I listened to twice. Yes. Um, I was, I, I, I appreciate Caitlin so much. She, um, like, is my role model. I want to be Caitlin. <laughs> she's just so, so, uh, I feel like she's just doing everything right. What were your takeaways from that conversation? Yeah, no, I mean, I totally feel you. I, I think that she's so awesome, and it is absolutely worthy of going back to listen to. Um you know, a couple things I took away from that, but um, one phrase that kept resonating with me and I used several times was this idea of um, passing along technique and or um, uh, the knowledge or information that we have without bias. Hmm. Um, and and I there were so many examples after we recorded that episode where I was able to use those phrase, that phrase, like we should be able to um, take ourselves out of the equation and and just pass forward this knowledge that we have or these techniques that we have, um, and yeah, I don't know that that very specific example from our conversation resonated with me. She's also someone that doesn't just do one thing, you know. Mm. She is an educator, but also. Uh, has several businesses and yeah. things and going on, and um, that's also really inspiring to me because I just feel like, oh, here I am. I've now I now can do 
A, and I'm like, oh, wait, but I could also do B and C and D as well. Mm-hmm. What yeah. about you? Well, I mean, she, you're right. She's an entrepreneur and has a, a bazillion things going on at once. Uh, and like she says, she likes to build things. That was, that was what she, that was her big thing, right? Um, she just seems like the model of, of what I like, what I think of as student-centered. Like she l- empowers and lifts up her students' voices in a way that is so exciting and so important what shows do you want to do that's the show that we'll do you know what oh my gosh we're struggling with mental health well i'm going to completely turn my curriculum upside down and make that a focus of what else? oh you need you need this i just i just you know there are so many it's hard because like we get on a treadmill we teach the same classes you know every fall and every spring and it's easy to just keep doing it the way that we've been doing it in the past or the way that it was done when we took the class and and growth mindset caitlin just seems to be like really listening to what her students need and a con- can uh, constantly updating her curriculum to to meet them what where they are and i just think that that's thrilling that's what education should be and that's the education that I want to be a part of. Yeah, I want to. I want to do that. I, I completely hear you and aspire to that as well. Um, up next, we had um, Laura Reichard, who is the co-founder of Theatrical Intimacy Education, and you know, as we're gonna keep our swooning on because <laughs> I, I know you and I both are just totally amazed by and um, inspired by Laura so much. Yeah. Um, What's a takeaway that you had? Um, It was, well, for me, it was really exciting to hear about how she and Chelsea, her, her co-founder, the story of, of how they got together and how their research was aligned. You know, Um, I'm paraphrasing now, but but Laura was studying um, power dynamics and how that shaped the classroom and, and, and the rehearsal room where Chelsea was really focused on um, a choreography and the intimacy choreography. And, and when they came together, they merged those two things into what I think is the most exciting and important curriculum for all educators to participate in. And, and that was really exciting. I mean, because there is there's a there's a, a partnership there that it just works. They just they're doing everything the right way. So that that was the big thing that I, I remember. And, and again, like you said, just being in awe that that we were in her presence. Yeah. <laughs> everything she said, I want to go back and listen to it again. What about yeah. you? We had um, you know, we had Laura as a guest at University of the Arts for a three week session over a period of six weeks it was like every other week we were meeting and um i there was just a a significant shift in the community in the the space and the energy um just after the those conversations um which essentially was like the best practices which we've talked about and um so I, i just absolutely recommend something like that i recommend you bringing um them or doing their training over the summer or doing any number of workshops that they offer. Um, but it, it's, it, it is those sh- tools that they offer um, that have really opened up our space. Um, conversations about consent, conversations about boundaries, um, and um, the tools 
that come with intimacy training um, that can be applicable to everything that we do. Um, just even coming up with an example, having a boundary for answering emails after 5 p.m., right? As just a good example of we all have to be aware of our boundaries and, and how um, important it is to include self-care in your routine. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just great. It, 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 TIE makes me want to be uh, a better director and a better educator and ultimately connects me to what it means to be a better human being. Yeah, um, I agree. I'm, I am 100% on board with, with what they're doing. Um, so then we had the Between the Lines creators. So cool. How cool was that? So fun. <laughs> because I'm not sure if we even acknowledged it on the episode, but initially we thought that it was just going to be um, Kate and Elisa and maybe Tim, mm -hmm. Timothy Allen McDonald. And then Jody Pico came. <laughs> like it was just New sort York of like Times a selling oh, author Jody Pico. <laughs> yeah, it just was like, oh, this is actually like a party. I mean, it, I that felt that was so much fun, and um, it was so great to hear the show, or to of course because I went back and listened to it, but to hear about their show, which is opening soon, and <laughs> um, something that if you know people want to go back and listen to, this is a great episode to listen to before or even after you see their show mm -hmm. off Broadway. Yeah, that was a funny thing with Jody. And and, and uh, there was a moment, I think it was right before we started recording, when Kate tried to introduce Jody to you and I. And, and she was like, oh, no, I know. I know Maddie and, and he count. <laughs> oh, yeah. I My mom, uh, who I'm sure is listening to this, it, you know, she and her book club are astonished that New York Times bestselling author Jody Pico uh, knows me. <laughs> So cool. <laughs> it is so cool. Um, and uh, and yeah, and I'll be uh, I'll be seeing that show pretty soon. Um, but one of the things that I thought was really interesting about that conversation was uh, I think it was Elisa. It might have been Kate, but I think it was Elisa was talking about how the whole reason she's writing now and like, you know, writing off Broadway shows and television shows is because she was a musical theater major. And has a you know got musical theater training and just took really seriously when her when her teachers were saying you know if there's not work for you if there's not stuff you want material you want to work on create the material you want to work on and now that's her job and and she uh, and so you know our students I I I don't know if I've told you this I have a sabbatical coming up in the spring did I tell you that you did not that's amazing. okay yeah I have a sabbatical in the spring and my spring sabbatical project is writing a new musical and while I have interest in in doing that and exploring that I really want to go through the process because I want to try to find a way to include that in my students experiences here at Chico State like when what is the class or the independent study project look like where people are creating their own work because amazing i think it's so important i mean you know um lin-manuel miranda ain't known for his singing voice you know it's he's he's a he's a, a broadway star on stage now because he was writing the work that he wanted to see to represent him and his voice um 
I know New Works is a big thing at your school, but do your students have the opportunity to create anything? Oh yeah, we have um, several opportunities throughout their time to either take like a musical theater making course or to submit their work for festivals. Um, there is lots of writing, lots of new plays and new musicals. So we are we are very lucky to have um, specific connections and support systems for that. Uh, but it is it is incredible. It is not a small thing. Um, you know, our uh, I've talked about this with the guest we're going to talk about after this, but um, you know, our Polyphone Festival is sort of world renowned, and folks come from everywhere to come and see it. And um, those usually are a showcase for emerging composers. And I do think it's interesting that you know Kate and Elisa are. Um, you know, considered emerging, but they also have a f absolute following. People love them. People. Oh, yeah. So it's just this interesting thing. Like, at what point do you? Um, at what point are you successful? Because I feel <laughs> I feel like it's now when you have an off-Broadway show. You have these amazing um, animated features working with Disney and you know Apple TV. All these things. I. I it's amazing that we had an opportunity to speak to them. And also I'm like, you're totally successful and amazing. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and, and all of our students look up to you. So good luck. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the next guest, Oh yeah. The next guest was Tony award-winning Broadway producer, Sally Cade Holmes. Um, and, uh, two Tony awards and she was on our podcast. <laughs> amazing <laughs> it's amazing it was really fun for me to hear about um how because we we're having a lot of conversations about uh equity and inclusion and and um diversity and casting within the academy within the university system and i was really interested to hear her point of view as somebody in the industry and and i remember her saying that she's taking what she called the inside approach which is you know some people just want to blow up the system that's what i want to do i blow up the system and like rebuild it but she's taking the approach that incremental change working from the inside is actually going to be more effective from her point of view i thought that was really kind of interesting what were, what do you think about sally yeah Cade? i mean i love how um right i mean you the, the fact that you met over tiktok and yeah. over <laughs> direct messaging um the the fact that that we would even have access to someone like her or there's something about that that I yeah. love right it's like the democracy of the industry um and we've seen that this year in Ratatouille the musical and all of these uh, you know connections it's like you never know who or how you're gonna connect with somebody um and she even talked about right like meeting for coffee going for lunch going to lunch with people and and that sort of being the beginning of conversations to what got her to where she is and um there's something about that there's something about this technology um that we are using to to connect with human beings um and then as a way for for her to uh to find her voice 
to produce what she wants to and to, to make them successful. Um, and I also loved, you know, her awakening that she was a producer. Um, you know, everyone, I, something along the lines of um, watching a project and sort of saying out loud or thinking, oh, I had nothing to do with this project. And it's like someone reminding her, you actually had everything to do with this project and like deserve this the applause that that is happening on stage and i i just find that so interesting um yeah i feel like i i am a producer i am in my life i feel like i'm a producer and i'm just not one with a bazillion dollars but like i that's how i watch shows it's how i think about you know planning an event it's like i'm gonna make this happen so i really love that conversation with her totally and i'm excited to hear cowboy bob yeah. um so that which is the passion project that she's working on developing right now um so then we've got one more guest uh, yeah. amanda amanda flynn um what were your i i think i started the last one what, did, what were your takeaways on amanda yeah she's so amazing i've always loved and respected her so much um, we invited her on because her book, which is now out, called So You Want to Sing Musical Theater, which is um, a series in the books and a revision of a previous version. Um, but really, she just would be a great guest to have on at any point. Um, it just happened to kind of line up with the release of that book. Um, but for those who had not listened to that, go back and, and listen to Amanda because she's really she talks about and is connected to... Um, folks with vocal injuries and what to do about that and to kind of remove the stigma of being injured vocally um, as just a, a point of conversation. But she's it's it's really kind of shakes up the whole uh, genre, the whole deal, because we've been functioning under a the show must goes on mindset. And um, there's just something about um, for whatever reason, folks with vocal injuries that that they have to just pull it together and sing anyways right or whatever and um which know, usually really... makes usually makes the situation yeah. worse right like when right. you're singing on on an injury when you're uh, sorry to interject because you were no, sentence but yeah i mean i've i've got several friends who did serious damage to their vocal cords because the show must go on yeah, her story about working with George, it was George Salazar, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I thought was so interesting in the process of basically rehabbing him the way that, you know, a, 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 a professional athlete would be rehabbed from an injury. Um, and then to have her brother, the NFL quarterback, you know, that discovering that her brother was an NFL quarterback early in the conversation sort of allowed this athletic conversation to analogy to sort of trickle through the whole thing which i thought was super interesting and the way that we at the university uh teaching musical theater dealing with this very athletic thing don't have nearly the the uh the, the training support the when i say that i mean like uh physical trainers support and doctors that they have for her brother when he was playing at lsu um that was really interesting too and she was just a lovely human yeah it's I amazing i mean and also an example of of do you know performing teaching having a family 
um, balancing all of that together while um, writing a book. I mean, there's just so many inspiring aspects to, to the amazing Amanda Flynn. So many. So um, I'm really interested. I, I would love for our listeners to, to talk to us about what they'd like to see with season with sorry semester three um you know we've had we've done a couple of different things we've had people inside the the musical theater industry uh professionally we've had uh educators multiple levels uh we've done you know we did the whole two-part series where we were i we're having a conversation about whether or not i should direct legally blonde which I did, uh, well, I, I co-led it is what I did. Um, but, and I would, I would be really interested for our listeners to reach out to us and tell us what they'd like to see in the next semester because there's a bazillion different things that we could do. Yeah, what are I, your, think, wh- I think this semester we opened those doors to um, other um, audition coaches or uh, other producers or, or just makers, um, you know, uh, it'd be great to speak to like directors. This is like my, me now speaking out loud. Um, but please, yeah, reach out to us carefully taught at gmail.com or um, you can also send us a message on our Instagram and we will, we will listen to it. Uh, we, you know, a little bit of a behind the scenes. We did not plan really any of these guests this season or semester. We maybe had an idea about one or two, um, but for Maddie and I, it really is a like, oh, who do you think we should talk to? Oh, you know what? We should call Laura because I just had her at school. Like, wouldn't that be fun? Great, let's make that happen. Um, and uh, so, right, if, if you are listening to this and you're a student and you want your MT professor or whoever to come on our podcast, just reach out to us and at them and let us know how to reach out to them and we'd love to have them on. Or sh- and or should we do more conversations about a specific thing? Like I, it's occurred to me that maybe a roundtable conversation about like how we're approaching musical theater history class or how, you know, how we deal with the casting process or the audition process. Um, you know, are there are there things like that that maybe having a couple of guests in the conversation or, or the the in-depth sort of wormhole legally blonde style uh thing that we did um what do you what do you all want to hear um because we're learning we're learning every single day and uh i think we we wanted this to feel inclusive we want we want this podcast to feel as educational for you as it does to us (laughs) oh my gosh i love it i love it and you know just want to take this opportunity to thank you all for listening um this far um i do know a couple people who have gone back and listened to them um and i know that we're gonna just keep improving and getting better with sound and figuring all of it out um so thank you for hanging in there and for for just being a friend of the podcast and and we hope to kind of um just do great things for you and thanks for all to all our guests too who you know we don't compensate these people. <laughs> I mean, with friendship, I suppose. Um, but like, you know, this no, but is... that should be said because people don't know. Right. Yeah. Like we really say like this is this is just... really just to do. So it's service. You use the word yeah. service earlier. And I think that that's right. I think it's people wanting to share their ideas and learn from one another. And uh, 
And that's an admirable thing because it's easy to feel competitive when, you know, we do have students that we're trying to recruit and, you know, lists that people are you're publishing about top this and top that. But uh, that's not who we are. You know, you and I want to be, um, we're in this thing together. So. I love it. And with that, <laughs> thank you all so thank much. You. And we'll see you in the fall. Yeah. The Maddie and Kiko Podcast Show. The Maddie and Kiko Show. The Maddie and Kiko Podcast Show. The Maddie and Kiko Show. Music for Carefully Taught was provided by Joshua Haig. For more information, visit joshuahaigmusic.com.